I'm Catherine Arndt, the Chief of the VLGA Connect Studio. Welcome to today's episode, brought to you by the VLGA, your councillor support network and the national broadcaster on all things local government. Hi everyone, it's Local Leaders Time from VLGA Connect. Delighted to have you with us. And I'm particularly pleased to have our guest joining us today. It's Carl Cowie from Nillenbeck Shire with coffee in hand, as have I. We we're just uh, riffing on a few titles for this episode. Coffee chat with Carl and Chris. It's all very alliterative. G'day, Carl. How are you, Chris? I'm very well. Great to see you. How are you? Likewise. Just uh, I was doing a message to the staff this morning um, and I was just talking about the weather. I was up early, getting my steps up and uh turn my music off uh springsteen is my go-to um but i just thought it might be nice to hear the the wind uh just gently rustling the trees and the bird life near the wetlands where i i live and i just said to the staff on the message the sunshine it just gives you such a such a boost i think it we're does. all feeling really good right now so yeah great to be here so uh, good to have you on the show, and thanks for painting such a lovely picture there of uh, of where you're at. And uh, we've already learned something. Springsteen is your go-to. That's what this show is all about. Try to get dig a little bit deeper into the the leaders in the sector. If you don't mind my saying, Carl, you've been around the sector for a while, uh, but you're not someone who's been out there selling yourself very much. So today, I really want the audience to learn a bit about Carl Cowie that perhaps they haven't heard before. Is that fair? I think that's fair. I think I typically go about work wherever I've worked in my career, um, you know, putting my best foot forward for the organisation that's paying me and or the people I represent. And in this case, it's the uh, community at uh, up at Nillenbeck, which is yeah. uh, that background is very accurate to a very significant part of Nillenbeck. So it's Green Wedge. Uh, we're called the Green Wedge Shire. There are some Urban parts, um, Eltham and Diamond Creek in the main. The rest is pretty much uh, the background you've got there. So no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not big into sales, to be honest. <laughs> I think it might have been a little bit of a hard sell to get Carl on the program. So I'm going to make the most of this opportunity. You you, you talk about <laughs> Nillenbeck being the Greenwood Shire. Before that, you were at Mornington Peninsula, which the entire Shire is 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 a UNESCO biosphere. We've learned uh, this week some pretty yeah. unique places. How did how did you come to be leading those types of organisations? Because local government wasn't your original career, was it? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. Um, if I went all the way back, and we probably don't have time for that at my age, but um, oil and gas uh, in Scotland, just about everyone that d d did a degree in Aberdeen either ended up at a major oil company or an oil service company, and that was my story too. Um, but when I came out to um, Australia, I joined Arthur Anderson and spent 10 years or so in uh, healthcare. Um, that was really, really enjoyable. I've done a number of other roles in uh, corporate um, and running private companies as well. Um, and an opportunity came along. I got a call from someone who used to work for me uh, in an HR capacity. And she was working for a search firm and said, got an interesting job for you. Um, I think you'd like it. And she mentioned local government. And of course, I went... Um, 
thanks thanks for thinking of me. I uh, appreciate that, but you don't get those jobs unless you've been in them for a long time. Uh, um, but anyway, I went along and I had an interview with 12 people. That was a first. <laughs> and I thought when I did it, I thought, well, that was nice. That was interesting. We'll never see those people again. And, <laughs> and that uh, was a group of councillors, I assume. A group of councillors, <laughs> yes, I should declare. Um, and uh, it came up at a time when two other really good job offers were uh, for me. Um, but I, I just thought, I like the sound of this. I think I can do some good there. And uh, I didn't realise, to be honest, it was quite as... Uh, prestigious a thing I suppose to get such well the senior position in a council straight off the bat but mm. uh, you know I really enjoyed it. And what were your expectations of local government compared to the private sector that you'd spent so much time in? I imagine it was a big uh, culture shift. Yeah, yeah it was it was and I, I must admit and I have admitted to people over over the journey um, I thought there would have been a lot to get people more into the the swing of really servicing customers in the way that um, private sector does their shareholders and make the profits that produce the dividends to keep uh, keep shareholders happy, which, as you can see from Qantas, isn't the easiest job in the world. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I had no idea the breadth to be honest, of local government, and I've, I've really taken to that. Um, I found at, at the peninsula a lot of terrific people doing really great work, and so mm. it's kind of infected me, I suppose. I'm still doing it. I'm still really enjoying it because yeah. it's, it's got a real um, purpose to it, and you can make a real positive difference to people's lives, and I don't think you can do much better than that. So given there was obviously a learning curve coming into the sector for the first time, what was the approach that you took to uh, both finding your way in local government but leading a council organisation? Um, well, like, like any job, to be honest, for me, I um, put a huge amount of personal time and effort into it. Um, not reading the Local Government Act 1989, Chris, to be brutally honest, <laughs> Um, but learning from people, asking a thousand questions, um, and 999 of them weren't why. That's always the was always the first one. But really investing a lot of time in why we do things. When when I was at um, St Vincent's Hospital, uh, this is going back a fair bit, 1996, when I came to Australia, um, I was with the. Uh, the bean counters out at uh, Victoria Parade. Um, and I was heading off to meet um, uh, the former uh, chief medical officer for uh, Australia, Brendan Murphy. Very, very nice mm. chap. Uh, he was um, heading up the Department of Nephrology at the time. And I thought it would be handy to know what nephrology was. So I was looking up the dictionary for words I didn't know. And people were saying to me, what are you doing in the dictionary? I said, I'm going to meet a nephrologist. It would be really handy if I knew what that was. So I found out it was the kidneys and we went from there. And so you have to invest time into trying to, you know, be uh, real uh, and, you know, 
more valuable to people when you know what things are about. So that's what I did down at the peninsula. And as I say, so many areas, I didn't realize that councils did so many things. I want to come back to some of that in just a moment. Before we um, leave your background behind, you talked about Aberdeen. I've read a few stories about Aberdeen and it's always painted as a fairly bleak sort of place. And looking at your background there in Nillenbeck, is 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 that why you're out here? Why why <laughs> did you why did you leave Scotland? Oh well, uh that's a that's a romance story. Uh, lots of uh, Australians uh leave when they're around 20, 21 and uh, uh my wife did the same thing. Uh and um I met her in uh, in Aberdeen. She had I think like lots of Aussies too on the the big trip, uh, they run out of money. Um, right. <laughs> and when their parents say, that's it, you're not getting any more cash, <laughs> they find relatives. Uh, <laughs> and so that took Terry uh, up to Scotland and I, I met her at the second job. Uh, I moved to after Marathon Oil, Bond Helicopters, which is a uh, transport um, company. And so uh, that was 96 we got here, got married, and that's been my story ever since. Amazing. Well done. Thank you for for sharing that. Let's get back to uh, local government and uh, how you think it's placed, I guess, with a business mindset. Um, mm. What What is your take on the sustainability of the sector right now? And where are our, our big challenges? Uh, sustainability of the sector, really, uh, financial sustainability, I think, is uh, increasingly um, a concern for every council. We've had so much cost increases across Australia for various reasons. I'm not I'm not a political person in my job. I'm apolitical. So comments are never about good government, bad government. But the reality is where we are. And construction is super expensive because big builds consume, by definition, a huge amount of resource and it leaves... Uh, everything else particularly tight. So for me, number one is financial and how we're going to be able to continue to deliver uh, services to the community to the level they, I think, rightly expect. Sustainability-wise, as we move off gas to electricity, as we try and care better for the type of climate that you see in my background, Um, is an increasing challenge as well. And to do it all um, in in as cost-effective a way as possible is just really what's going to drive us into the future and how we can, I think, share some resource between councils. Um, Because I don't think long-term it's sustainable to be 79 of us probably as councils all doing our own thing. That's just yeah. my personal take on it. No, I was going to ask you a crystal ball question like mm. that, and you mentioned shared services. It's it's a it's been a conversation for a long time, yeah. Um, and nobody really seems to have been able to make great success out of shared services across multiple councils on an ongoing mm. basis. Why do you yeah. think that is? I think it, it comes down to uh, the, the fear of giving something up, um, and. 20-something years later, it's no different in local government to what it was in um, healthcare sector when I was there. Um, Even in St. Vincent's, we tried to set up a shared service 
centre for all the Catholic hospitals in East Melbourne. Um, and we added Cabrini in back in the day. Um, but basically, it turns on um, you've got one capable finance chief, say, who takes charge of all the finances. It's just a bigger organization. Hmm. It doesn't need five. That's the whole point, uh, that you then get uh, those types of savings. So um, it applies across everything that you could do that we all do in the background and back office. So finance, payroll, some HR services, IT, lots of things there that could work and have always driven me to try and keep those as small as possible. They have to be really good. It's like the the two liter turbo, if I top gear for a second, instead of the old six liter V8, which is, yeah, it's got a great sound, but it's big, it's thirsty, it's expensive. Yes. And now you get things that produce a lot more power, uh, similar speeds, much more cost effective, keep the back office as tight as you can so that the rest of the money's there for the community and the services. So they have to be able to give up uh, a level of control and that's easier said than done. And I'm yeah. sure it would be no different if I was CFO of uh, Neil and Bigshire Council and we we're looking to amalgamate with other areas to do certain um, shared services. So I think it will increasingly, there'll be a work in progress that needs to, needs to happen. Mm. Now you mentioned Top Gear. Is there any truth to the rumor? Can you dispel the rumor that you're you're joining the cast of a future series of Top Gear? Oh, sadly, yes, I can. <laughs> um, I always want to wear that white outfit and pretend to be the Stig, but the reality is I, I don't have that talent. And no, I won't be joining. But I did. Uh... So the the reason uh, that I bring that up is you were spotted on television in the last week or so behind the wheel of a very snazzy new electric vehicle. And this was yeah. part of um, a, an effort to get more councils aware of the opportunities available with the switch to electric vehicles. Are you a proponent of these new uh, environmentally uh, progressive technologies? It's one of those questions that uh, I try to not answer because everyone who knows me well knows I'm a Formula One addict and I have been uh, longer than I've been listening to Springsteen, and that's 45 <laughs> years now. Right. Um, so, yes, I am, uh, is where I'm going. Uh, have I always been? Absolutely not. Uh, because when Formula One went quiet with all the cares and harvesting of energy, you could actually have a conversation on Brockies Hill, which is about turn nine at Albert Park, uh, with your friends as the cars went past. Mm. And it was just awful that mm. you like to hear them on the other side of the lake screaming down the start finish straight so this sounds an issue but beyond that you you kind of accept that you have to move in a particular way the industry is rapidly taking us there anyway um and uh yeah as a local government leader i've really started to have a, a real close look at this as my next car which i have to say maybe half a year ago, even, wasn't. We're doing it at, in the organisation. We're swapping the fleet out because it's the right thing to do. And I think I 
I'm moving in that in that direction as well. So mm. one of my friends actually said, you know you have to get an electric vehicle now, Carl, don't you? You <laughs> I went, yes, 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 I'm thinking that is the case. It's it's getting it into the garage because when you've got three sons who are still at home wow. uh, with trail bikes and other things. I remember we used to be able to park our cars in the garage, but those days are long gone. So I don't want a, a, a 40 foot cord from the house to my <laughs> no, electric no, vehicle. I think that's a good use case for uh, for clearing the garage, uh, Carl. But uh, seriously, on climate change, you've been to I think Sweden to uh, to yes. inform yourself around some of the latest climate change thinking. Yeah, I have. It feels like yesterday, um, but it was twenty seventeen uh, mm. when I was there, and uh, through um, a Southeast Melbourne group, uh, we actually had a. A Swedish executive officer was part of the agenda group, and she set up a tour for me, uh, which was really terrific. So I was in Stockholm, and I think we're far enough away from lunch to be able to say where I went. Uh, one of the places was Scandinavian biogas, which basically tapped into the sewer system of Stockholm, produced gas from the sewer waste, Piped the piped the biogas to the Keolis uh, bus depot, which was uh, fully uh, all vehicles ran on the biogas, and um, that was a to me a, a perfect loop of mm. a resource for energy, um, and that bus service ran six hundred thousand passengers per day around Stockholm on sewer waste everything at the bus facility was the water was recycled the ponds for cleaning the vehicles i just thought this is so impressive everywhere you kind of go in scandinavia there's a how do we not waste something yeah and i think um you know i don't i love australia so i don't like to uh bag it at all but we're we're a long way behind. Really, yeah. are we need to catch up fast? We're going to have to put a disclaimer on this episode. Don't watch it mealtime now. But, uh, <laughs> but 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 seriously, what what do you do with that sort of thinking and that that information? As you say, we're a long way behind. What can local government be doing more of? Do you think to progress our climate change response? We what we're doing across the councils in the north. We have a seven councils that comprise Northern Councils Alliance. We do a lot of work together uh, to try and advance um, climate change. Um, there's a Greening of the North project, obviously, uh, which is a number of the big councils like Hume, for example, and parts of uh, Whittlesea and the more inner city, they're, they're more bereft of trees than we are. Um, and we all know that the heat effect reduction of um, mm. forests um, so that's a significant thing that we can do. But I, I think it is just the small incremental things. We've gone uh, single plastic, no, no plastic at the organisation where we possibly can everywhere, um, educating the community, helping the community do the same thing, setting the targets that we've set at Nillenbeck, um for 2030, uh, you know, zero net zero and net zero in the community by 2035 
uh, there's nothing like a CEO KPI to to keep you honest in the pursuit of delivering what you said you would deliver. So I think that and a, a, just a regular agenda item at our meetings on what have we done since last we met to uh, help achieve the goals. Yeah. That's, that's what we're doing anyway. Carl, I might just fire a few quick questions at you for some sure. quick answers before we wrap before we wrap up. Um, who comes to mind as your most influential mentor or business role model? Ah, that's a good one. Um, he's uh, he's got a number of trucks on the road. Um, I got to know him when I was at the peninsula. Um, his name is Lindsay Fox. Um, he started at seventeen with his own truck and six and a half thousand trucks later and wow. a few billion dollars in the bank. He's been a brilliant uh, Australian. Uh, and I think uh, I learned a lot from him in the time I spent with him, particularly when I worked at the Peninsula. So he's a kind of number one and he's ever present, isn't he? You can't yeah. Yeah. go on the road. You can't hardly go to a building that hasn't got something that he's given back to this uh, great state of Victoria. Next flag for Hawthorne. 2025, uh, contesting strongly. I think 26, though, uh, start of another three-peat era. And I know you've alienated your entire world. (laughs) That's all right. Uh, (laughs) uh, um, I I know you've recently had a contract renewal, but five, ten years from now, where do you see yourself? Still in local government? I don't know is the short answer. I I think that might be the case. Um, Ten years from now, we'll probably see me uh, retiring. I'm retiring to what I'm not sure. Um, so I do enjoy the work, I must say. So could well be. Um, it has been really enjoyable, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm at that sort of time where I'm thinking, what, what will I do next? Um, after the next four year contract, of course, of course, well, I'm sure you'll be very successful at it, whatever it is that comes next, Carl. And thank you so much for spending time with us on the program today. It's been great to chat with you. Thank you, Chris. I really enjoyed it. So uh, appreciate the time. And uh, for someone who wasn't in sales, I've probably uh, moved slightly into sales now. But thank you for your time as well. (laughs) Carl Cowie, the CEO of Nillambikshire Council, our guest on Local Leaders today from VLGA Connect. 